Welcome to Sunrise Life, the podcast where we have conversations with fellow freelance models. Today, I have Lucy, art model from New Zealand on the line. Say hello. Hi, guys. Yeah, thank you for taking the time to do this. I'm really excited to interview you today. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking back to when we like randomly met in Colorado. That was really cool. So how often do you come to the United States? I've been to the States for model tours like I think four times now. Um, obviously with the pandemic, I couldn't really travel for a few years, but yeah, I love coming to the States. It's great. I haven't been everywhere yet, but I usually go to the West coast and I've done a little bit of the East. Cool. Why, why do you go to the West coast more than the East? Well, to be fair, I just love the West coast because I did a exchange year abroad when I was in high school and I actually lived in, in the Dalles in Oregon for a year. So I used to like come back to visit them and so I already wanted to kind of be in that area again. I really fell in love with Oregon and I just wanted to come back again and again. So I was like, oh, I can do a model tour there. It is beautiful. Oregon and I'm up here in Washington state. So just the neighbor of Oregon and it's all beautiful. I love the forest and everything. It's also like convenient because it's it's so much easier to fly over to LA from Australia. There's like a 12-hour flight straight to LA. And yeah, it's just so far to get over to the East Coast. Yeah, that's true. But from what I'm told, there's a lot more photographers on the East Coast. I, I did find it really good going there this year. I went to like the DMV area for the first time this year yeah. and it was really successful had a great time working with everyone so definitely made me think more about going in the future again and I didn't realize how pretty it is over there because one of the reasons I always want to go to the west is how beautiful it is and didn't realize that it was actually quite lush on the east coast too so yeah it is there's just not as many evergreen trees there's more deciduous yeah yeah it would be really nice to go in like fall or something yeah. Yep. I do have an obsession with fall colors, but I seem to always be in the desert during fall because it's nice temperature. Yeah. Yeah. And my God, the locations are stunning out there as well. Like going to Utah and Colorado and all that this year was amazing as well. Heck yeah. Yeah. So are you originally from New Zealand? No. So I moved to New Zealand about five years ago. My partner's Kiwi so I moved over to kind of move in with him I was pretty much nomadic before that my home base was Brisbane in Australia but I was traveling quite a lot um yeah and just going wherever things took me and then I met my partner and and yeah he has two kids so he's kind of staying put in this area we share parenting roles with their mom and so we have them 50% of the time so yeah he's pretty much staying put here until they're out of school at least wow that's amazing I've been to New Zealand once and I thought that it was stunning but I didn't really book shoots out there yeah there's not a lot of work out here so that's one of the challenges I guess of living here it, it basically means that when I'm home it's often my time to like plan 
tours, doing all my admin, all that kind of stuff. I get a few bookings and I do some remote shoots, but otherwise most of my work is uh, when I'm traveling. So I have to travel a lot. I noticed that. I was just scrolling down your Instagram feed before we started this interview to kind of like come up with questions to ask you. And I noticed that you are a lot of places. I saw posts from like Switzerland, Belgium, and obviously Australia and all over the United States. Yeah. And I will admit this year has been a really big year for me. Um, I think it's partly like I had all these plans and then the pandemic happened and ever since things have opened up again, I've been like, I have to accept every single opportunity and yeah, I'm just being like in the overdrive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that feels good though, right? Definitely, definitely. It's been amazing and I've had all these amazing experiences and but I definitely need some time, I think, as well, just to like let it all sink in and yeah. Just... Yeah, I can feel that too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm enjoying some time off at the moment, kind of, kind of, lots of admin. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's kind of sort of time off because you're sitting down on a computer, but you're actually, you know, still having to work. Yeah, yeah. And so at the moment, I'm kind of doing a bit of photography as well. So lots of editing and all that kind of stuff. Oh, that's so cool. I didn't know that you also did photography. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing photography probably since I was in like high school before I even knew about the world of art nude modeling. But I guess I I didn't have the confidence to really try anything further with it until a couple of years ago. I started kind of shooting a few models I knew and local models in the area and realized I really enjoy it and now I still do that kind of for fun, but I also shoot like families, maternity, just did my first wedding the other day. Oh my gosh. Day. Wow, that's intense. I would never shoot a wedding. It sounds so stressful. How did it go? I was pretty stressed out like beforehand, I will admit. I was like, oh God, what's going to happen? Am I ready for this? I did have my partner there and he was awesome. He was helping take some of the like candids and stuff and I covered all the official shots I guess and the like bride and the groom and stuff as well as candids but yeah no it was really really fun I was I felt really lucky they were like a cool chilled out kind of couple that's cool yeah they were they were very easygoing so it was a good way to kind of break into it that's so cool. So you were into photography in high school before you got into the fine art modeling world. But that makes me want to ask, how did you first get into like art modeling? It's funny, like I don't exactly remember all the details on like how exactly it all happened. I, I remember a few things like one, I had Tumblr. I was really into art. I followed I think it was Freya Gallows who had followed on, on Tumblr. And I, yeah, I saw some like art nude work. So that was one thing. And I, I remember like asking her questions. She put up a thing like, ask me stuff. <laughs> and I was like, how do you travel around and, you know, and model full time? That's amazing. How do you do that? Um, and she kind of gave me some tips. That was one thing. What else? I I was into acting as well. 
I studied drama. I um, did a degree actually in arts. So I did music and drama. And when I was going to get headshots, I met a photographer and yeah, I just enjoyed the shoot we did. And we talked about how it would be fun to do like creative shoots and stuff. And he was like, you should get a model mayhem page and just see if you can like collaborate with different photographers if you enjoy this. And so I did and ended up posting up a few images from collaboration. It all kind of just like naturally unfolded. I never really was at a point at that stage where I was like actively like thinking it would ever become my career. <laughs> you know, a lot of people that I've interviewed say that same thing. They they were in school, they were doing creative stuff, they did a photo shoot for our school or just for fun or whatever, and were suggested Model Mayhem. They're like, okay, that sounds fun. Never thought it was going to be a career. And then a few years later, it's like you're just traveling the world and like constantly shooting. It's like there is a demand for this for sure. Like, I don't think any of us as a child were like, I'm going to be a nude model. Oh, <laughs> no, not me. But yeah, no, it just kind of happened naturally. Like at the start, it was just all clothed shoots. I was like 18 when I started. And wow. yeah, it was just like a bit of fun, a bit of a hobby. I think at 19, I tried my first artistic nude shoot and it was it was very artsy. It was a nice experience. The photographer, he set up like lots and lots of candles. So it was like dark and moody, but it was just, I was just lit by candles. And he had these like vintage kind of nightgowns. So I was like partially wearing these vintage nightgowns and it was really pretty and classy and I really enjoyed it. And he was like, he had lots of advice to give and was very helpful. That's awesome. It sounds like a really yeah. like, smooth transition into nude modeling, especially if you are already on Tumblr and you were already admiring that kind of work. I think that that's important too, like having the draw. Yeah, I definitely have like old like drawings. I did like drawing naked women and stuff in like creative ways. And, you know, I was pretty open-minded already. So that's cool. Did anybody in your life give you any resistance about your nude modeling decisions? Not really. I definitely had like an ex-boyfriend who, when I was kind of getting more into it, would be, I, I felt like he would act like he was all good with it, but then not really be all good with it, if you know yeah. what I mean. I'm all too <laughs> So I did experience a bit of that and like I felt like... Uh, I was being like guilted or whatever. I don't know the right word for it, but yeah, I felt like I was dealing with someone who wasn't really happy with it, but pretending to be. So it was a pretty awkward situation. And like he came to some shoots and just was real, really kind of a bummer, just sitting in the background, like not happy. So it was awkward. Yeah, it was awkward for everyone involved, you know, just being moody. So I'm really happy I'm with someone now who is very supportive. Yeah. He absolutely loves, like, what I do. He loves photography. He was never into photography before I came around, and now he absolutely loves it. We love going on, like, adventures together and shooting together, and he's he's going to help me organize my first event next year. Oh my gosh, event. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited about it. Uh, I just kind of came out with it the other day. It's something I've been like thinking about for a few years. 
So basically, like you said, New Zealand's really beautiful. I've been living here for a few years. So especially during the pandemic, when I couldn't travel outside of the country, Tristan, my partner and I, we were doing lots of road tripping around, camping, finding cool locations and shooting at them. And it just made me realize how beautiful this country is and how much I want to share that with other photographers and models. And we don't have a lot of uh, people doing art nude here in New Zealand. And it's quite far, I know, for some people to travel to. But yeah, I just wanted to offer an event that's like taking people to beautiful locations, a bit of adventure, a bit of sightseeing. And I was also inspired by all the amazing events I've been doing and, and the community it fosters. So I wanted to bring a bit of that to my home. That's amazing. You know, I've noticed more and more model run events, and I think that it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think there comes an understanding with that of like, you know, what what the models go through. So I really... After having done like a few events myself, I know what was like difficult for me or when I when I felt really respected and taken care of or when I didn't. So yeah, I definitely want to run an event where everyone feels like respected, taken care of. It's a good environment. I yeah, I want to do something like that. Yeah, and all that stuff is super important. And as the organizer, you'll definitely be I mean, I find that every event that I've ever done, there's always like feedback, even if it's like a really good event. So being the organizer is like a really big responsibility. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's probably not going to be perfect, but, but I'll try my best. And it's, yeah, it's been really awesome. I've done some really amazing events where they've run it really well. So I've had some really good examples of, you know, how to deal with things, how to run things and how to look after people. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that it's going to be great. And even though there's not a lot of photographers in New Zealand, I bet people are going to come from all over the world to do that because, because yeah, New Zealand is awesome. And obviously you're an amazing model and you're very like, you know, on point with your travels, which means you're probably going to run a super successful event. So I'm stoked to find out about it. Ah, thank you. Yeah. I've, I've been surprised about the amount of interest from photographers and ph photographers from like the other side of the world. I guess it's like a, a real destination for some people that like it's like a dream location, you know, one day I'll get over to New Zealand. So hopefully we can make that happen for some people. I'm very curious and I, I know that there's a lot of other traveling models that also listen to this podcast, but I've been thinking about this for the last few weeks because there's only like certain areas of the world that have enough photographers that regularly hire traveling models to make it worth traveling out there. And like Australia is one of them. The US and Canada are definitely have a lot of photographers too. And then like Europe has like a, a decent amount that, that make it worthwhile. And I see that you've traveled to like all of these places, I, it, what it looks like multiple times. So you're probably the best person for me to ask this question to. What are the like pros and cons of all these different major markets? The pros and cons. So, sorry, can, can you extrapolate the question a little like, bit more for me? Yeah, sorry. I, and it might sound a little bit too vague. I'll, I'll get more specific. When it comes to like an area like the US and Canada, 
the yeah. European areas and then Australia slash New Zealand, of those three different places, what are like the the benefits of shooting in the United States, the benefits of shooting in Europe and then Australia and then maybe the disadvantages, perhaps like travel wise, perhaps culture wise when it comes to like, you know, standard rates. Really good point to think about. Yeah. Definitely the standard rates are the best in the United States. So you guys over there, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do think that Europe has like a real arts culture. And so one of the reasons I enjoy touring there, even though the standard rates aren't necessarily quite as high, I do enjoy all all the cultural experiences that come with traveling. You know, deep down, I, I just love travel for the sake of travel. And that's one of the reasons I love this job and the fact that I can travel with it. So, yeah, I love going to the museums. I love seeing the art galleries. I love doing all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure there's some amazing galleries and museums in the States, too, I guess it's just a bit more spread out and you have to go to the right places for it. And Europe's really easy to like train from city to city. Everything's close. So that's, you know, one of the great things you can get around really easily. So, you know, if it doesn't work out in one city, you can easily hop over to the next. And yeah, I found there's also just within Europe, there's like, and parts of Europe where I'll do really well and other parts of Europe not so much but I might still want to go there to like enjoy myself and travel around yeah and there's probably a bit of that in the states as well like there's definitely areas where models get booked and some models just do well in certain areas I don't know why that is yeah that's true yeah like for me I've always had a really great time in San Francisco and I seem to get like booked out there. Yeah. Or California in general. Like some models say that LA, they have no luck in LA, whereas I've always done pretty well in LA. So, you know, I, yeah, I think it's also just luck and when, when you go and how far in advance you plan and all of that kind of stuff it's true definitely true like what i'm saying is i don't really have an answer (laughs) no i think that answers it really well but then you mentioned hopping on a train over in europe is the easy way to get around and when you come to the u.s do you rent a car or do you take public transportation that is one of the things i found to be really different is travel so this year i did rent cars and it was my first time doing that the other years i didn't do that but I did find it was a lot easier getting around with a car in certain cities because they didn't have the like public transport options. Definitely, certainly not the public transport options you have in like Europe. Even Australia is pretty good with public transport in the major cities, maybe not so much in the rural areas. Yeah. So I'm used to being able to get around by public transport and I never really thought of renting a car and then I was talking to other models about it and they're like, oh no, you need to rent a car in LA. Like you've got to do it. Yeah. I wouldn't want to drag my stuff around on the bus in LA. I feel like that would be a recipe for disaster. 
But I could be wrong. I haven't actually done it, so I can't knock it if I haven't tried it, right? To be fair, I was pretty nervous about driving in the States, but actually it was fine. <laughs> I had I thought it was going to be like really scary driving on the other side of the road. Um, <laughs> it, like in no time I was used to it. So I did notice though that American drivers seem to speed more. <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. than Australian drivers at least I could believe that and, and depending I think that every region has like a different breed of drivers and some of them really like to honk at you and some of them are passive aggressive and they'll just cut you off yeah like and I wouldn't drive in in New York probably that's somewhere where I wouldn't rent a car you know yeah just for like, the transit but yeah I would agree with that. But New York is hard to get around because uh, if you have a lot of bags, it's hard to get around. Yeah. And it, it's quite spread out as well. Like I kind of didn't remember how big it is. And I realized that some shoots, even though they would still be like both two shoots in Manhattan, but it would still take me like over an hour to get <laughs> between the locations. I want to take a short little break to tell you about Model Society. ModelSociety.com is a website dedicated to featuring figurative fine art photography for models and photographers. What makes them different than other portfolio hosting websites is that some of those other websites will still host kind of tacky photography or exploitative photos. Model Society screens all of their contributors for quality and authenticity. So you only get the best of the best on there. If you're not a photographer or model, you can still enjoy and appreciate Model Society because they also have newsletters and magazines featuring their best work and new articles each week. Check it out, modelsociety.com. I will also include a link to Model Society in the show notes. All right, now back to our show. One thing that I noticed when I went to the link in your bio, I was like just looking to see what you offered. And it looks like the link in your bio shows like different genres of your modeling and like booking modeling info. Do you have like a platform where you sell images or videos or anything like that? Or is all of your income from modeling? At the moment, all my income is from modeling and, and a bit of photography as well. Yeah, yeah. I did at one stage have a Patreon and I've kind of gone back and forth with the idea of setting one up again. But I don't know. It's um, I find... I already spend so much time like online and on my computer and I guess one way to get around that would be like hiring someone to look after it but I'm also very very picky about things and I like being in control of like my image and everything so I would be (laughs) nervous do that as well um so basically I just don't feel like I have the time for it or I feel I don't feel like I want to give the time to that you know I want to I want to work on other things at the moment so yeah that's really admirable admirable and really hardcore because I did the traveling modeling as my only income for a long time and it was really hard to maintain that because you have to be booking x amount of shoots to pay all your bills and you're constantly traveling and you need to rest in between and and when i started my patreon like way back in 2015 after it started like supplementing my income it it did relieve some stress but then there's the new stress so now i have this 
other business that I have to manage. So I guess it's, uh, you know, you got to pick your poison. Like what kind of work is like the one that you want to do more of, I guess. Yeah. And I have full respect to everyone hustling on Patreon or OnlyFans. Like I know some people are like killing and making awesome money. And I'm like, that would be cool. But I don't, I just don't know if I'm willing to like spend that much time on it yeah and it's just other things that I want to do at the moment and like I'm building my photography business as well at the same time and that takes a lot of time and, and energy as well yeah so yeah. yeah yeah and that having the time and the energy to do things that fuel you and not drain you what I've learned through just like doing all these things that seem draining and trying to filter them out like if you're fueling the things that are giving you that energy that you enjoy creatively, I think that's probably the best route to go. So I, I think that like you're on a great track with what you're doing. And, and yeah, I, I think that after you've been, well, probably doing anything, but been modeling for a few years, you start to become maybe a bit more picky about the work you accept. And yeah, that's true. And, and speaking of that, I've noticed that you have such a variety of like different types of photos on your page beyond like just the figurative art nudes. You do do a lot of fashion and I see, I see a little bit of glamour here and there. And I also saw some underwater stuff. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. That's funny you mentioned that. I've had like a couple of people that like will message me and they're like, do you do, do you ever do like glamour or do you ever do like fashion like not nude and I'm like yeah so do you even look at my portfolio yeah it's there it's totally there yeah yeah I've had a photographer tell me yeah I don't think you're enough of a glamour model to work with me or whatever I was like okay yeah and it's so weird because people they see something of you on the internet and then their first impression of you is like their little they put you in a box and it's really hard to get people to see you as diverse if they've mentally put you in a box already yeah exactly but i didn't think you're right yeah i do enjoy the fine art stuff that is definitely like my favorite i love you know shooting the fine art in nature I do like a bit of like creative fashion and that kind of thing, just not the not so much the catalog kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And and underwater is definitely like I would say underwater is my favorite. My all time favorite. Yeah. It's just it's the hardest to get to do though. I mean, there's people with swimming pools here and there, but then to do something in nature, it's just, yeah, got to travel to a specific place and like have a specific photographer with specific gear. Yeah, it's just, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I've actually been surprised about the amount of opportunities, I guess, that I've had over the years to model underwater. I think, I guess I've actively been manifesting that because I enjoy it so much and I put it out there but yeah like I've been really lucky to um, have good working relationships with a few of the photographers down this way that do underwater work so there's like a guy in Sydney that I love working with Mark Morgan Um, he always does really beautiful underwater work and I think we've worked together like four or five times now 
And there's a guy, Jose, who lives in Nelson, the northern part of the South Island of New Zealand. And he also does really, really creative work underwater. And he actually has a pool that he has like really nicely filtered. It's totally fresh water. It's like warmed to the perfect temperature. Like everything about it is like as comfortable as you could possibly be in an underwater environment. So it's like heaven working with him. That's the best. Yeah. But I also like the challenge of like modeling underwater in different environments. So like with Mark, we've gone into the ocean a couple of times. I think you've worked with him actually. Yeah, is his Instagram, oh my gosh, something like MM something X or something? MXM below, yeah. Yes, yes. Yep, we did work together, I believe, twice, actually. He told me a story about, like, didn't a shark, like, swim past or something while you were modeling underwater? Yeah, we were in probably at least 30 feet of water, and I was close to the surface, and he said he saw a shark, and I was like... (sighs) I was like, I've heard of sharks attacking people in Australia. And this is before I was like seeking out swimming with sharks. So I was like worried. I didn't know what kind of a shark it was. Apparently he went down there and got close and took a picture. It was a tiny shark, but he didn't tell me at first. Like I wasn't sure. It was fine. It was, it was fine. That's funny. Yeah. I had a stingray kind of like hovering around me and hanging around. And it was my first experience kind of while I was modeling with that, you know, just feeling a little bit nervous. Like even though I was like, you know, I'm not usually scared of stingrays and I think they're beautiful. Just having it there while I was, I couldn't, I couldn't take my eyes off it. You know, I couldn't just chill and pose underwater while it was there. Yeah, totally. I I actually felt that the first time I posed with a stingray, too. Uh, I thought that, like, I wasn't sure if, like, how stingrays worked. I thought that if you accidentally touched their tails, it would, like, zap you or sting you. Um, I didn't realize that they had to intentionally, like, attack you to actually sting you. So I didn't know. And the photographer I was working with, English wasn't his first language, and he didn't explain it to me very well and we're posing with a stingray like intentionally feeding it and like letting it pose with me and the whole time I thought I was gonna die and then at the end he was like that one didn't have a barb on its tail you it wasn't gonna sting you and I was like why didn't you tell me that at first yeah I feel like that would have been good information to know yeah yeah I mean it was fine and we still got good pictures somehow I feel like I've seen some pictures of you with the stingray and they're like amazing I would love to something like that like involving sea creatures there's a guy in Tahiti I can like give you his information awesome awesome Tahiti would be amazing too have you been there before no never it's not too far from New Zealand Yeah, yeah, we do have some beautiful islands around here, so I definitely want to get exploring some some places closer to home as well. Cool, I'll look you up. His name is uh, Smart Shot Christian Columb. I'll send you his Instagram when we're done with this. Awesome. Heck yeah. Um, I do wanted to ask you something that I ask everybody on the show. It's kind of a, a reroute because we've just talked about all of the favorite most amazing shoots that we love the most but as we know as traveling models there's always like experiences that are like 
weird or funny or crazy. So I have this bit called the photo shoot fail of the week. Can you describe a photo shoot experience that you had that was crazy for any reason, whether something funny happened, maybe the photographer was crazy. What's one of your crazy photo shoot stories? Okay, so it's hard to think of like one particular story, but uh, I something I find funny is nude beaches and the yeah. weird situation that, you know, we end up seeing when we're at nude beaches. I think I'm not the only model who's had a weird situation at a nude beach. for like creeps or like random weird situations. So for me, like I've had good experiences as well, but one of my not so good experiences was I was doing a workshop, um, you know, pretty early on in my modeling career, I was doing a workshop at a nude beach. I think there were six photographers plus the the guy who was running it. And yeah, they, they all started shooting me at the same time, which really isn't that cool. Now I definitely have a bit of a rule about that. I don't like a group of people shooting me at the same time. Yeah. I prefer people to take it in turns because, you know, no one's ever going to get good results from everyone shooting over each other. Agreed. But anyway, so there was probably like around like eight dudes scattered around the nude beach, you know, whatever, just sitting around. Some I find tend to be exhibitionists at nude beaches. So yeah. They seem to like really want to get in your line of sight. <laughs> Yeah, she really try and make sure you see like their what they've got. Um, so yeah. Anyway, at one point, everyone's clicking, clicking away at their cameras, and I just notice this guy like directly in my line of sight just starts jerking off in broad daylight. I know for a fact I'm not the only model this has happened to, which is very strange. It's like why do people feel like it's okay? because you're nude and they're nude or whatever. Like, I'm sure most people don't think that's okay, but some people do, and it's really weird. It's like, yeah. that is still very illegal to do in public. So, yeah, it was just, yeah, I was I was pretty grossed out anyway. I was like 22. Oh so, yeah, I, obviously I just stopped posing. I said, I feel really uncomfortable. And I explained the situation to the photographers. And the organizer was just like, yeah, well, it's a public place, so we can't really do anything. And what? kind of made it seem, yeah, it kind of made it seem like I was like overreacting or whatever. And everyone else was just quiet, didn't really say anything. So yeah, it was just an awkward, awkward situation where I felt like no one supported me. So yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the greatest situation. I, I am surprised that nobody yelled at that guy. How awful. No, everyone was too embarrassed. Like everyone was just awkward and, and no one wanted to say anything. And then, you know, no one was like, oh, shit, like maybe we should go somewhere else. They all just kind of awkwardly stood around. That's super awkward. Oh, my God. Yeah, definitely was an awkward experience. And yeah. I almost want to tell you about this other nude beach. <laughs> go ahead. We've got time. <laughs> so I've, I've had lots of shoots at nude beaches because photographers 
tend to like to take models there because it's like I'm not going to get in trouble if I shoot at a nude beach because right. it's going to be mad that you're nude there. So anyway, this guy took me to a nude beach, Gunnison Beach. It's in New Jersey when I okay. was over in the state. I don't know if you've been there before. Uh, I haven't been to that one, but I've heard of it. Okay, yeah. So my experiences previously with nude beaches have been that they've all been pretty empty. Like there's never been that crowded really, unless it's like some kind of specific holiday or something. So I kind of just expected that this photographer would be taking me to a quiet beach. Also because like usually when you go for a nude shoot, you're like, looking for a fairly quiet place with a bit of privacy. So that's what I was expecting, a pretty quiet beach. This was completely different. We rocked up and the beach was literally packed with like hundreds and hundreds of people. But it was very different as well. It was like, it was all kinds of people. It wasn't just like a few old dudes like it usually is. It was literally like women, men, all kinds of people. Yeah, variety of different people. So I was surprised by that. And at first I was really awkward and taken aback. I was like, you expect me to pose here in front of like hundreds of people and they're all nude? <laughs> oh my God. I'm kind of green where you're like the clothed one and everyone else is nude when I walked in. So yeah, at first I was like, this is outrageous. Like I can't pose here while all these naked people are watching me. But yeah, I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised weirdly because... I think it was so normal at this beach and like everyday people were going and they probably were like regular people to attend this beach. So it was more like a normalized thing. So no one was weird to me for like one of the only times no one was weird to me at this beach. In fact, a few people like even came past and were just like, oh, nice flow or whatever or or nice work. And then they just kept walking. And that's nice. Yeah. I guess because it was like a regulated kind of busy area. No one wanted to be like creepy in front of all these other people. So, huh? Yeah, that's really interesting. When there's less people, and I suppose they're all dudes, you had that one guy that was getting in your line of sight and jacking off. But then this other place that was super crowded seemed to be more of a respectful group of people. Yeah, it was strange. Like, I was way more nervous coming into this shoot. And I was just like, oh, God, like, people are going to yell things at me and it's going to be horrible. And then everyone was really respectful and fine and normal. And I was just like, okay, this is what nude beaches are, like, meant to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. Unfortunately, every people being normal. <laughs> almost every nude beach shoot that I've done has always had at least one of those not necessarily jacking off but approaching you brandishing themselves you know but it is nice when that doesn't happen yeah 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 I was very pleasantly surprised so there you go go Gunnison Beach (laughs) right on it just makes me like it's like the guys that send dick pics on your dms in instagram it's like everybody knows you don't want to be that guy like why are there still people doing that (laughs) Yeah, like I'm at a nude beach. I expect people to be naked, but they don't have to like wave it in my face or like, yeah, you know, 
yeah. come up and start chatting and ask if they can get involved in the photo shoot. I've had that. Yeah. Yes. And I think it, I almost think it's okay to look or even okay to stare as long as you're not, you know, acting yeah. inappropriately. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's like how often you get to see a photo shoot happen if you're not in the industry. Like, I, I understand why people want to watch, and that's fine, as long as they're keeping their distance and not being weird. I feel the same. I definitely understand, like, wanting to have a look or being curious. But, yeah, just, just you know, still, I'm still a human being, so, you know, don't treat me like I'm some kind of, you know display or piece of meat or whatever yeah totally are there nude beaches in new zealand i believe there are i'm not so sure about christchurch it's like i feel like it's too cold here oh really i don't know yeah maybe i i feel like probably more in the north island there would be more nude beaches um, but the south island it's like it's pretty cold a lot of the year so yeah, people are often still wearing like wetsuits and stuff in the water, even in summer. <laughs> oh wow! I didn't realize that they had that that much of a a weather difference. Yeah, yeah. Like it definitely gets hot here, but not like Australia. And even yeah, even in summer we can get like pretty cold days. It's probably more like the Pacific Northwest kind of. Oh okay. Um, to than like Australia. Dang that. So yeah. do, you, do you see yourself doing modeling for like an extended amount of time longer or are you thinking of eventually transitioning more into photography? Yeah, I think I think definitely transitioning, but also like I don't have any plans to to like quit modeling, but I am wanting to explore photography more and to build my business doing that and you know, probably try other things as well. There's lots of other things that I want to do in my life. Yeah, this this event will be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I actually, when the pandemic hit, I was overseas over in India doing a yoga teacher training. Oh, cool. And teaching is something I'm also very interested in. So at some point, yeah, maybe, maybe teaching a bit of yoga or... Even, yeah, teaching in some capacity is something I would definitely be interested in, in exploring. But I'm, yeah, I'm not planning to quit modeling or anything, but just explore different things. That's awesome. Would you say that you like dedicated to being like a, a freelance person indefinitely? I won't say indefinitely. Uh, I'm definitely willing to like take different opportunities and explore life and see where it takes me. But yeah, I, I, it's hard to see myself in like a nine to five yeah normie job right yeah yes I, I definitely enjoy working for myself and and the freedom of it and just being my own boss I feel that too I, I mean maybe one day that would change because it, it does take a lot of mental energy to run your own show I suppose even if you're a yoga teacher like you probably would be hired by a studio but still you know working independently as well I suppose yeah yeah I almost feel like you, you probably have to you probably have to try and get like private clients or do something else with your business like yeah. if you were trying to be a full-time yoga teacher I don't think it's that easy to make like a full-time income unless you're doing other things with your business or webinars yeah, yeah. yeah. 
online teaching, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I haven't done like any, any kind of creative profession. You need to have more than one thing going on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that also keeps you refueled. If you're not always just doing the same thing all the time, which I think modeling is really great because a lot of shoots are every day is different. Even if you're doing another art nude shoot, if it's a different person, different location, it's just there's not like this annoying repetition. It, it does feel like there's a lot of diversity within it. Yeah, yeah, that's something I really love about the job as well, for sure. I have another question that I'd like to ask that I also ask everybody else on the show. I call it the rising phoenix area of your life. Can you describe a situation, and this could be related to your modeling or not, where you were faced with a challenge that you had to overcome? And this could be like a challenge of overcoming an insecurity or perhaps socially or financially or career-wise. Yep. So there's a there's a couple of things that come to mind. First would be the pandemic, and I think that's like a very common one for a lot of people. We yeah. all were challenged by that. So for me, the the challenge was obviously like like I already told you, there's not much work in New Zealand for me. So not being able to travel internationally was like, how am I going to make any income? And I don't, I, I didn't have any government help or anything. So yeah, I, I was very lucky to stumble across this post from Sam Matthias, who had just posted up this YouTube video about remote shooting. And I was inspired by that and kind of realized after watching it that I already had pretty much everything that I needed. So I had a camera already, a, a professional kind of camera. I had a good laptop, a good internet, and I had the tethering cable for my camera so I could shoot tethered. And all I needed to do was like download the remote sharing software and I was pretty much ready to go. So so I had my first remote shoot with Robert Domondon in... Yes! Yeah, it was with him with... I think it was in April. Was that 2020? Yeah. April 20. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So pretty early on for, you know, remote shooting really hit it off after that. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so pretty early on in the game and I ended up doing like a lot of remote shooting. It was my, my income for quite a while and I still do it sometimes. I'll still take certain jobs here and there when I'm home, when I'm not traveling. And I made lots of connections during the pandemic that way and got to stay creative and still make some money. So that was really, really good. I think I remember those photos that Robert DeMondin posted of you in New Zealand. And I was like, wait, Robert DeMondin went to New Zealand? And then I was like, oh, wait, no, it's a remote shoot. But then I was actually... I wanted to ask you this because I, I believe it was an outdoor photo. Am I correct? That we, I think I did like three remote shoots with Robert. So one of them was outdoors. Yes. And I, I did take my remote shoot set up outdoors quite a lot. So that was another thing I have to credit to Sam. She kind of spoke about it briefly in her video. She was like, I think 
I could take this out on location if I got the right kind of what's the word for it like a, a wi-fi package portable wi-fi so oh, yeah 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 like a hotspot. but then I kind of realized that I could just I could just so I, I had to bring Tristan my partner with me because you know taking all that gear and everything by myself I was like I need you to come with me Aww. so he was like my assistant for basically every location shoot I did I tried one by myself it didn't go well so I was like, I need someone with me because we, well, first we went and like scouted all these locations to try and find anywhere that had good enough internet that we could do a remote shoot. And it was like the one place we could really find was up in the Port Hills, which is about half an hour drive. And then you have to hike up a hill for like 15 minutes. So you have with all your laptop and tri tripods and all your gear and everything you need for the remote shoot, camera, lenses. And then and then we'd set up and Tristan's phone would be used as the internet hotspot. So we had to find a, a high up spot and put his phone like on a tripod, like it's kind of like an antenna for the hotspot. And then, yeah, I would like I have a little thing to put my laptop on and tripod and camera and set everything up and... And yeah, he would, Tristan would help like move the camera around and stuff while I was posing or like he'd be listening to what the photographer wanted um, and relaying messages to me or I'd, I'd bring my phone over close to me depending on who the photographer wanted to direct at the time. And there was lots of challenges with that, like obviously weather if you yeah. do it so up in the hills it's very exposed so it could get very windy very quickly um so we had a few like tumbles of the camera oh, man. and things like that happen like hats blowing away off off the mountain that kind of thing so at times it was really crazy like I'm like you know this is insane I'm you know basically dying it's so windy but I'm standing there trying to pose with my material while my hair's blowing everywhere and you know the laptop's balanced on the side of a rock wow yeah so that's easy but uh, we we I, I'm pretty proud of the stuff we created yeah that's amazing and it just kind of describes everything that I thought about remote shoots because it it does make the model and I suppose the model and assistant in this situation have to work a lot harder than you would normally have to work for a not remote shoot yeah and it was like because the photographer photographers aren't there they don't really know like how cold it is how windy it is or anything like that they might see a little bit just from what they're looking at but they they just don't know so like you really have to communicate it or and hope they believe you. Yeah. So that, that was the monitoring. Yeah, it was an interesting exercise. And like for sure, a lot of people wanted to do like, can you do like a sunrise on the hills? And I'm like, even in the middle of summer here, like a sunrise on the Port Hills is like eight degrees Celsius or so or colder. So I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit. It's cold. It's probably like in the low 40s because that's just a little bit above freezing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's cold. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely challenges that we had to face. 
doing those remote shoots, but we also created some beautiful stuff and it, it was cool to see how even, even remotely, like the photographers all had definitely had their own influence in how the photos came out. So even going to the same location remotely with different photographers, because we would discuss it as well beforehand and they'd say like what kind of thing they wanted. They might send me a mood board um, and just say like, yeah, the style and everything. And then as we're collaborating, we're talking about stuff and they say what they want more of or if they want to move to a different location. And yeah, the photos would somehow come out completely different. That's so cool. You know, I never did a remote shoot, mostly because I didn't want to deal with hotspot internet. And during the pandemic, I was constantly on the move. I was living in a van. And so I had like a really wishy-washy environment at any given time. So it's cool that you were able to scout out places that had good enough connection. And that's from what I heard of other people doing remote shoots. That was the make it or break it thing is, is the internet connection good enough for you to communicate effectively? Definitely, 100%. And that was, and I will admit there were some very stressful times <laughs> trying to get the internet to work or like, and I think a couple of times it was like, is it on my end or is it the photographer's end? Like you couldn't always tell whose internet was the one stuffing up. Yeah. So yeah, it was a... Uh, it was tricky at times and then people people would forget how to you know connect to the remote software or they'd accidentally click a button and exit out of the screen and not know how to how to get everything back up so I'd run over you know from my posing run back over to the computer and get everything sorted again so yeah it was definitely a very different way of working and you you had to be switched on and not just in terms of modeling but in terms of the camera, the angles, and setting everything up and all of that. Wow. I definitely have a new respect for remote shooting, especially the outdoor remote shooting. Yeah, yeah. It was it was next level. I definitely had to charge more for the outdoor remote shoots because it was a lot more work. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I really like pretty quickly I was like no yeah I can't charge the same <laughs> yeah 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 especially even the, the hiking and the driving and all of that and the weather and you have to have an assistant with you and yeah it's a lot of work yeah and you're like risking your equipment getting damaged out in out in on location and everything like actually one one remote shoot it was only around my house but my my laptop straight up fell in the pond oh my god through through the shoot yeah I was like it was the worst so I actually had it it out in sort of my side garden area it's like this nice little lush area with plants all around so I was posing out there but I had and I had the laptop like balanced sitting on a chair but I knocked over the tripod at some point and because it was attached to my laptop, my laptop fell off the chair and it fell into the pond, uh, which it was next to. And it was just like a soul crushing moment. So did it survive? No, I, ha I had to take it in to get repaired. So that remote shoot, I think I ended up like doing the rest of it again another time with that photographer. But that, that shoot ended up costing me a lot of money. <laughs> 
oh my god i'm a bit back on insurance but it was still like i don't know it was like several hundreds of dollars to repair that sucks yeah yeah and i felt so dumb but you know we all make mistakes (laughs) yeah that's true it happens (laughs) oh man Laugh after that. Like, don't set up your laptop next to the pond. Yeah. I had to learn to not put my shampoo bottle in the same bag as my laptop when I was traveling. So your shampoo oh was broad. The times shampoo has, has, like, exploded in my bags. Yeah, I lost a laptop that way a while back. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. It wasn't even repairable. I had to buy a whole new laptop. That's terrible, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lucy, we are about at the hour. It's been such a great podcast. I loved learning more about you, how you studied drama, and how you've traveled so much all over the world, all of the crazy nude beach shoots that you've had. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention before we get off the podcast? Thank you so much. Yeah, it's honestly, I feel like I could just blah blah to you all day to you but yeah no I've I've probably talked enough I had a really good time chatting and yeah thanks we we get to chat more in person sometime yeah yeah we'll we'll sync up the next time we are going to be in the same place at the same time if you're coming back to the U.S. I could quickly mention if anyone wants to find more about my New Zealand tour that I'm running next year in november please message me for information i've got a brochure to send you and yeah it's gonna be really fun awesome yeah i'll include that in the show notes as well as well as like the link to your website and your instagram and all that thank you so much you're welcome lucy all right i'll i'll talk to you soon all right chat soon I just wanted to thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Sunrise Life podcast. I am so grateful every time somebody comments or sends me a DM saying that they love the show. If you would like to help other people find out about the Sunrise Life podcast, it would be immensely helpful if you could subscribe on whatever platform that you regularly listen to Sunrise Life on. And if you could leave a rating, that would make me smile so hard.